I've got two tickets to paradise. Howdy ho. How's it going? It's your boy, the one and only customer services resident bad boy Adam Pecora here. Thanks for tuning in to Requiem for a Tuesday. Hope you're doing well. If you're not, sorry. I don't know. <laughs> Good luck. <laughs> um, we're talking bullet train today. That's really all I got in the card, so we'll see how that goes. Uh, <laughs> stick around. Let me do the plugs. Rate, review, and subscribe to Requiem for a Tuesday on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and all the rest, wherever you get them go. I was actually going to try to do the whole thing as a song, but I'm already not going to. So, <laughs> that's that, I guess. Check out the merch, rfat.bigcartel.com. Totes, coasters for Justice's show, Microwave Minute. Check that out, too. We got uh, some pins, some stickers, some little guys. You want bigger stuff? Buy the little stuff. I'll buy the bigger stuff. You could buy the bigger stuff. Everybody wins. How's that sound? Uh, music. We got Multiplex and Wolf X. Streaming everywhere. Go listen. Let me know. What do you think? Not enough people listening to Google. That last Multiplex record. It's been almost a year. Come on now. Show us some love. Uh, you can follow me on Instagram at adam.rfat. And yeah. Rate, review, subscribe. Do it. Do it. Not enough reviews, especially on Spotify. We got to get those reviews up. They're not even displaying yet. So what's that about? That's got to mean there's less than 10. Right? Come on now. Anyway, I don't really care. <laughs> do it. Don't do it. Do whatever you want. This is America, baby. Uh, and if you're listening from outside of America, then you better listen. We're coming for you. So let's get into Bullet Train. Let's get into it. Brad Pitt's new movie with Brian Tyree Henry of Atlanta fame. He's been in a lot of shit lately, so good for him. He is an excellent actor. Uh, not that that's surprising. I mean, he's fantastic on Atlanta, of course. Speaking of Atlanta, season four is already about to drop. Still haven't finished season three. Not loving it. I got to say, uh, so the plan now, I know I talked about it all summer. <laughs> oh, I'm going to watch it soon. The plan now is have the Atlanta season three drop when season four drops. Cause I'm that cool. <laughs> anyway, big ensemble cast, a lot of names. You're like, oh shit. This should be cool. The trailer, ton of fun. Now you're worried with the trailers. Like, am I seeing the whole movie? I can answer that firmly as a no. But is that necessarily a good thing? Not really. Because what they did was they basically put all the fun in the trailer and the rest of it is it's a lot less fun than you would think. The things that are like goofy and hyper unrealistic are in all the wrong places and the parts when they're serious 
are also in all the wrong places. It's just kind of a mess. It tonally doesn't exist. <laughs> like, there's nothing, there's no structure, there's no theme. Not, you know, it's a dumb action movie. There really shouldn't be, like, thematic ties, I guess, at the core of the movie. But it just doesn't know what it wants to be. Does it want to be fun and stylish? Does it want to be campy? Does it want to be funny? Like, is it an action comedy? Is it an action that's funny? It's not clear. Uh, the biggest flaw of all is that there's no stakes the entire time. You don't feel any risk of anything at all. At any time. Let me explain why. I'm just going to break this down. As always, I'm going to... Name the whole plot of the movie, okay? I gotta stop calling out spoilers. I feel like I didn't used to do that, and I started doing that. Because I did, like, three episodes without spoilers ever. And now I'm like, I gotta clarify it every time. No, we're talking about the movie. Okay? I had to do that therapeutically for me also. It's not just for you. You're also selfish. Okay. (laughs) So, I'm gonna try to do this for memory... And then I'll read back when I need to. But basically, so the flaws kind of start off right away. Now, this isn't apparent at the time, but I think that right from the beginning of the movie, they make a huge mistake. So it just starts off with Brad Pitt. He's in t- He arrives in Tokyo, I guess. I guess they don't show him arrive, but, you know, <laughs> maybe he's already been there. I don't know. But he arrives at his next job. He's an assassin, it's assumed. But he says all he does is snatch and grabs. But I guess he's still an assassin. Uh, (laughs) So I don't really know what that means. He gets there and he gets the key. You know, it's the old thing. He's on the phone. The person's walking him through the mission. Generic stuff. And it's clear that he's like, oh, I'm different now. I went to therapy. So it's like, okay, that's who this character is going to be. He's going to be the assassin who's trying to better himself. It's like, okay, haven't heard that before. But whatever. I can roll with it. And that's all the backstory you get on both Brad Pitt and the holder, handler. There we go. And that's it. And the flaw in this, which I will explain as I get on, but... Every single character in this movie gets a full flashback backstory. Some of them get multiple. Brad Pitt gets zero. He is the main character and the, quote, hero of the movie, let's say. Whatever. He's the protagonist, which is the same thing, Adam. Okay. Uh <laughs> And so, yeah, we don't know anything about him other than he's in therapy. And he gets into wacky situations. But that's it. Which is fine. That's all I need at the time. But you'll see what I mean. So what happens from there, basically, they're trying to do this interlocking story thing That's also like a mystery because they're going to reveal it piece by piece through flashbacks once you meet a new person. Um, There's plenty of movies that have a structure like this. I mean, it's almost like Reservoir Dogs 
or really even Kill Bill, I guess, if you want to go with the Japanese comparison. But it just, it just, I can't explain why it just doesn't work. It holds no power over it. You're just like, you're giving me loose backstory and on things because like you feel it's the appropriate thing to do, but you don't have a reason why. And it doesn't feed back into the story in any way. It doesn't inform you about the characters. <sighs> this is tough. Okay. <laughs> but what happens is there's a reveal that a Japanese man on the train has hired an assassin to help him kill this power-hungry overlord, the White Death, who's just like a white guy who took over Japan's crime. Now, this man's son was pushed off a roof and is in, like, critical condition, so he wants revenge, but it's all flip-flopped because, like, there's a little girl who's an assassin, but nobody believes she's an assassin because she's a little girl. And she flips the script on that. And you're like, what's going on there? And then they just kind of leave that alone. <laughs> and then they're like, here's these two guys, Brian Tyree Henry and some other guy. He's famous too, I guess, whatever. They're quote unquote twins, but nobody knows what they look like. They grew up together. It's later revealed in a flashback, which is like, I don't care. The, I guess my thing is like, if the whole movie is like, we're setting this on a train, it would just be way more interesting if you worked only within the train and that was the entire scope of everything. It's almost like the backstory waters down what's actually happening because I don't really need to know that because they basically frame it as if all of these flashbacks are going to interconnect to now and some of them do and then some of them don't, which is where the tone dies. It's like... Oh, so I should pay attention to this because it's going to come up later. Okay. And then you think that again about another thing and then it just doesn't. And it just takes you out of the movie. It's just you just lose total interest because when it does what it does next is when it goes over to the train to the twins, it's revealed that they're holding the briefcase that Brad Pitt needs to recover. That briefcase is containing the ransom for the sun, it gets overly complicated too, to where it's like, oh, multiple people are being double crossed, but you don't really know why or who, and then it ultimately doesn't get resolved. But basically, that briefcase and the girl and the boy that got pushed off the roof, they're all interconnected in the same thing. But then once that's discovered, they're just like, oh, well, we discovered that. And it's like, oh, what a resolution. You guys built up this convoluted plot for it to not go anywhere, which is super annoying. Um, so anyway, after that, uh, Brad Pitt is able to just steal the briefcase because they have it stashed in like a general baggage area. So he's like, sick, this will be easy. He tries to get off the train and he's confronted by Bad Bunny. <laughs> Who has the most interesting story? Basically, they reveal that on his, he was like a cartel guy, and on his wedding day, everybody was poisoned, and they all die, gruesome, bloody deaths. And it's then revealed that Brad Pitt was there. He didn't even realize it, so somehow he wasn't involved. I don't really remember the reason why they said he was there, because it was so irrelevant. 
But he has no memory of this. He gets attacked. He kills him by accident. He's like, okay, cool. I'm back on top. And that was like a fun moment. It was a good fight. I mean, they're kind of basic scenes because it's just on a train. So it's pretty much whatever somebody can reach or block with at any time. So that's kind of that. Um, And also a thing that happens in here is like they're mindful of the people that work on the train when it's convenient for that to be a good joke. Right. So there's a thing with Brad Pitt and the ticket guy. They interact twice, and then that's it. He never interacts with the ticket guy again. Doesn't make any sense. Could have been a good room for an ongoing bit. Instead, they just do it when they want, and then that's over. But then they run into someone who has a beverage cart while they're in the middle of a fight, Brad and one of the twins. I'm bouncing all over. It doesn't really matter is the point that I'm getting at overall, so it's going to continue to not matter. Uh, And they're fighting, fighting, fighting. But then she comes through and they have to stop and, you know, they do the little thing where it's like, oh, we're just hanging out, blah, blah, blah. And then they start fighting as soon as she walks away. You know, that classic thing. Same thing happens in the quiet car. They're beating the shit out of each other. First of all, that's loud as fuck anyway. They're like slamming around every once in a while. There'll be someone who shushes them and that's the reason why they have to do it. And it's like, then there are other scenes like Brad Pitt literally kills a guy. They're shooting guns on certain parts of the train and it's like. Oh, you're just not worried about the staff now because there's like literally not one in front of you. Like, I don't know. It just doesn't add up. Like the staff is either a problem or it isn't. It can't be like whatever makes it funny. Like, I don't know. This movie thinks that it's like hilarious is also part of the problem. It's like trying to be, like I said, like an action comedy. Like it wants comedy to be a part of the movie really badly and it's not that it's not funny ever it's just that this would be much better suited with jokes sprinkled in whereas it's trying to be like look at how quirk like clever quick look at all these quips that these assassins have they're all just so funny all the time but they're never dangerous seeming either Like, Brad Pitt's character seems like an all-around nice guy. The twins seem like fine people. The only one who seems like a shitty person is the little girl, and that's because she is, and it just stays that way the whole time. But she's the only one who seems capable of killing anyone the whole time. Everybody in this is supposed to be these, like, ruthless assassins, and their flashbacks show everybody killing everybody, but that's it. So it's like, what do you guys want from me? I don't expect anything bad to happen at all. So anyway, I'll, I'll keep going here. <laughs> After Bad Bunny shows up, okay, that's when that fight happens in the, um, the quiet car, I believe, because they're like trying to negotiate. Oh, that's why I'm confused. I forgot a whole part. The twins are also transporting the White Death's son, who is just dead. They just don't know how he died. He just dropped dead. And the ransom is his ransom. So I don't really understand that. They saved him from kidnapping, I guess. But he's just dead. And so they're like, oh, Brad Pitt stole the case. He must have also killed the guy. He's like, I didn't kill the guy. Whatever. 
Uh, um, then basically the White Death's henchmen, they're like, oh, come prove that everything's good. So they step off the train and then it's revealed that they're not good. So then at like each stop, there's people waiting for them. And then it's revealed that Zazie Beats is also on the train and she's another assassin who does it with poison. And basically Brad Pitt thwarts everybody in fights by accident. And that's like the thing. But they present it as like, oh, Zazie Beats was poisoning people secretly. That's how the... White Death's son died, and it's like, that's not really that big of a reveal, though, because nobody cares why he died, and it also doesn't seem like it's going to matter. And then at the end, it doesn't matter. They re- He's like, I didn't give a fuck about my son. Oh, wait, no, it's then revealed that he was, she was hired by him to do it, which just makes the whole thing pointless. Regardless, the whole thing is pointless, is the point that I'm trying to get at here. <laughs> anyway, then... The Asian guy whose son is in the hospital, his dad comes on and it's revealed that his dad was some crime lord guy and so he's going to stop it and whatever. And basically everybody just succeeds. So it's just like, how bad could this guy be? You know, that everybody's just able to thwart everything the whole time. Like, this is the crime ward, and it's just like, I don't know. It's a random train, too. It's not that, like, this specific train means anything. You know? It's not like, oh, there's a big shipment on this train. Like, that's really what it is. It's just like, nope. It's all just for this one briefcase with, like, a hundred grand in it. Or a million. I don't know how much is in it. It doesn't matter, is the point. Like, there's never a stake for anyone because even when they're threatening the twins and whoever oh get off the train or we're gonna kill everybody they just get off the train and then they're fine and then they reveal that they're not fine and just nothing happens after that there are no repercussions to them blowing that they lost the briefcase so then anyway the little girl is then she like kills one of the twins and the Asian guy, but then of course it reveals that neither of them are dead. And there's just, there's all these setups. They set up like 25 things and there's maybe 20 reveals and 20 and like 19 of them are just bland or, and, or have no meaning towards the plot in any meaningful way. It doesn't propel anything forward. So the whole time you're like waiting for something like clever to happen, almost like Ocean's Eleven, right? Where you're watching the heist happen and then it's revealed, oh, wait, all of this was fake and it already happened. And the real heist we didn't even tell you about. Here's the misdirect, right? And you're like, oh, fuck, that was smart. And if you don't like Ocean's Eleven, go fuck yourself, okay? Uh <laughs> But that's like what this wants. It wants to have that moment where you're like, oh, shit, that was I didn't see that coming. That was clever. It's like even the stuff that you don't see coming is just like, okay, well, what is what does that mean? What is the result of that? You know. It like. Just leaves you wanting more. It's like, oh, this clearly has a lot of potential anyway. 
I'm leaving out like little details, but that's my point. It's like they, they sprinkle in all this shit, but it, it doesn't matter. Okay, so then there's a few more fights and whatever, and they're fine. And then it just gets completely absurd where one of the twins gets kicked off the train by Brad Pitt, but then he sprints, catches up to it. It's a bullet train and stands on the end and he's able to just stand on the back of this train. Now, look, I'm no physics guy, but I don't think you're able to just stand on the back of a train going 300 miles an hour or however fucking fast those trains go. And then just because he has rings on, he's able to just punch through the glass of this bullet train. Pretty strong guy, I would say. Uh, And then he just gets shot anyway. So it's like, why even make him do that? Because it wasn't a cool set piece. It looked clunky and terrible and completely unrealistic. And then he just dies. And it's like, okay, well, this superhuman, you know, I, I don't know. And then at the very end, the train is, like, now out of control. Can't stop it. And then it just, like, destroys so many things. And then they just walk away. They kill the white devil, whatever his name is. Like, it's no problem. It's really easy. And then the handler is revealed to be Sandra Bullock. And it's like, great. And then she's like, you want to leave? And he's like, yep. And they just leave. And so it's like, what did I watch that for? Like, what? When? where's the reveal? Still, I'm still waiting on you to show me something. So anyway, it's fun for moments. And overall, it's just trying to do way more than it's capable of doing. It's trying to be smarter than it is. Uh, And it's, you know, mildly entertaining, mildly funny. There's way too much talk of Thomas the Tank Engine because they tried to give Brian Tyree Henry's character this arc of like, oh, no, I follow this. Like, I use Thomas the Tank Engine as like a metaphor for life. And it's trying to be the like, oh, this assassin watches kid shows, but it's actually a thing that matters. And it's just like you're just talking about Thomas the Tank Engine a lot. And this isn't good. You know, like, I, I don't, it just, like, wants to be a Tarantino movie where, like, oh, these characters have, like, individual personalities and they're fun and they have interests and, you know, whatever. They follow these codes, but it's all just, like, half-assed sitcom versions of everything. And the major difference is like they show violence in the movie too, but the major difference is that that movie's ser- those movies are serious overall. It takes the crime element very seriously, and all of these people are supposed to be these world class assassins, yet they just keep fucking up the whole time, and it's just not realistic. It just can't land on either side. It wants to be both sides, and it can't. Um, there's also a good Channing Tatum cameo, but it just falls flat and doesn't go anywhere. Same type of thing. He's in it for like 10 seconds and it's like, that's fun, but you know, can we call back? They try to call back. It's all just another quick pun. And yeah, anything they try to like loop back in and like self-reference to it's half baked and apply, you know, just does not apply. Uh, so yeah, 
don't go see it. Don't waste your money. If it comes out streaming, watch it. You know, it's a good way to kill two hours. Also too long. Because they're trying to do all this extra story shit. If this was just set on the train, maybe like half of the backstory scenes, half the length for some of them. Um, If anything, the stuff with the Asian kid and his dad, show that first as the backstory. And then we'll go in and we'll know about that already because just bringing that guy in the train doesn't help me. You know what I mean? If we have that as the intro, then it's like, oh, here's the connection that this guy has. Now Brad Pitt comes in and gets on the same train as this guy. So we know that there can be a conflict there, but we don't. They choose to reveal it later which is like, why are you introing all these characters when you haven't even given an ounce of plot yet? You know? I also read a lot of criticisms of this movie for whitewashing. Look. I'm not saying that that's not a thing. It is a thing. I mean, Ben Kingsley played Gandhi. What a mismatch. Like, shit like that is a fucking nightmare. You know? The Last Samurai. I don't know if he's supposed to be playing a white guy in that movie. But either way, it just seems like there shouldn't be one. But I don't know anything about it. Shit like that is crazy, right? The problem that people have with this is just that the book was Japanese is one thing that I read. And it's like, if you want an all Japanese version of this book, tell the Japanese movie studios to make a Japanese movie. You know? It's just like, this is an American movie. And it's not like Brad Pitt is the one non-Asian guy. The whole cast is a diverse cast of people because they all traveled internationally. It's, it actually helps the plot of the way they did the movie, at least. I know nothing about the book, which I also have heard. I heard, at least, that it's not comedic at all. So regardless, this is a completely different thing. But it helps the plot to show how grand of a what job this is for everybody that's in it. So I, I don't see how that's a negative. I also saw a thing where this guy was like, why aren't the two Asian characters that are involved in the train, meaning the man whose son was hurt and his father, why aren't they billed as like the stars of the movie? It's like one, they're literally not the stars of the movie Two, the goal of a movie is to make money. Whatever anyone thinks at any point, a major movie like this anyway. There are certainly artistically driven films. But this movie was made to make a lot of money. Those two guys just would not make... It still didn't make a lot of money with Brad Pitt on the fucking center of the poster. Okay? Like, it's an American movie, there's an American star, and they want to make American money. (laughs) Like, I don't know what that issue is. It's like, why do you need to search for things to be mad about? You know, I have never like I I didn't watch Friday and was like, where is the white representation in this movie? It's just a movie. You know, I I just hate the idea that because I'm white, it's impossible for me to say things like this because there's a lot of people that think that way. But guess what? These people just wanted to have a lot of fun and they just had fun together and that's it. 
You know, there's nothing like overtly Japanese about this movie. It just takes place on a bullet train. And I saw the argument of like, well, if you're going to set it in Japan, it should have a Japanese cast. And it's like, one, there's not only Japanese people in Japan. Two, you can't set it in America. There's no fucking bullet trains. It defeats the purpose. If this is on a regular train, it's just different. You know what I mean? This is on an Amtrak going 60 miles an hour. You could just drive up to this fucking thing. Like, you know what I mean? The element of the train. The element of the train doesn't matter as much as it should in this movie. That's a flaw, sure. But it's just a thing that can't. It just doesn't make sense to criticize. Like, why can't a movie be set somewhere else? People go places. Like, it's just so crazy. You know? And I saw this. I saw the John Leguizamo thing where he's like. James Franco's playing Fidel Castro in this movie. This is fucking bullshit. Normally, that's a thing where I would agree. But James Franco is basically blacklisted. This is some indie movie nobody's ever heard of. All he makes, he makes like a, he's made like 200 movies also. You've never heard of any of them. Anyway, before he was fucking thrown out of Hollywood. And guess what? I can already tell you what happened without even looking into it. It's a fucking low-budget-ass movie, and they got James Franco to be in it, so they put him in it. You know? It's like, John Leguizamo, they didn't think you would even be interested to be in this movie. They had to get a guy who's untouchable in a bad way. (laughs) You know what I mean? But normally, that is the right sentiment. You know, if that was a studio picture like this, like a $100 million budget movie then that would deserve a public outcry. It's a weird overlap. Everything everything requires context for it to be a certain way. There are such things that exist as complex situations. I don't know if you're aware of that. But it just made me mad. It's like, there's just some fucking movie about it. It's a silly comedy about people trying to rob a briefcase off a train. Who cares who's in it? It literally doesn't matter. You know? I mean, are Japanese people up in arms? Maybe. I don't I don't care. <laughs> you know, ultimately. Like in Japan, I mean. Obviously, there are some American people who are upset about it. But it's like, I, I just don't get why. My favorite example that is mostly a joke, but I like to bring it up, is like, There were only Korean people in Parasite. Nobody got upset, (laughs) you know, which I didn't either. Totally fine. I was totally cool with it. Keep an open mind, you know, (laughs) but I don't know. I mean, it's like, I don't know. I'm not even going to try to keep going into it, but I just think that like those kind of critiques are so silly when it just like literally doesn't matter. You know, they're in like a massive international city and it's about traveling and it's just like, well, everybody in the book was Japanese. It's like, well, this isn't that book. Like, this is a completely different thing. It was adapted in a completely different way. You know what I mean? If you want an all Japanese cast, watch, make a Japanese movie. Okay. (laughs) Didn't think that that was crazy. But hey, fire back at me. Make me go viral for being 
offensive or something stupid. I'll go on CNN. Okay. <laughs> Actually, the ratings are terrible. Donnie was right. I'll go on something else. <laughs> Let me know. Uh, but yeah, that's Bullet Train. It was fine. Much like this episode. <laughs> it was fine, I guess. I listened to it, but whatever. I do just find it very interesting, the line in which an actor should be doing their job and acting to where it's offensive. That is a very fine line. And the public internet outcry doesn't... that They think that line's very firm. Whereas like, oh, this guy's not a Jew. He can't play a Jew. It's like, that's dumb. You know? But it's like, this guy's white. He can't play an Arab. It's like, that makes sense. You know? It just depends. I mean, unless the... Arabic guy's white, <laughs> you know, but you know what I mean? It's just like a weird thing that doesn't compute. I don't know. Stop hiring British people to play Americans. How's that? No, everybody's fine with it. Anyway, it's fine. <laughs> I need to be reading a specific article to really get riled up. But yeah. Oh, no, I have one more. The same the same article um that was upset that the Japanese guys weren't the stars of the movie was also like Oh, you think that all anime is just like Hello Kitty because because the only it's a 2 second clip that they show this like little anime show, which is clearly supposed to be like Hello Kitty, like a young children's small chill, like infant, like blues clues type thing. And there is a train that is thematic with that anime because that anime is very popular in this movie. And the point of it is all very clear, like, oh, it's an inter- it's a big thing because kids love it because that's how that works. So kids would want to be on this train. So blah, blah, blah. The point wasn't all anime is for little kids. Like, it just got blown so out of proportion that why would they be saying that all anime is like this? They're not. In this situation, like, they're not going to make a fucking train car out of Death Note. You know, it's just like, oh, here's a fun little thing for kids to enjoy while they're on the train. It's all very explainable is my point. And that that criticism is fucking stupid because the context of the movie explains why it is the way that it is. Now, he also could technically be right. I don't fucking know. I'm just saying it contextually makes sense. So just if you just don't say anything. No, but I would have never even thought about it for one second. Because it seems like what I said. Okay. (laughs) Usually it's better to get fired up in the middle because now I'm at the end and it's like, all right, well, see you later. (laughs) Enjoy the screams echoing in your brain. Uh, Rate, review, and subscribe to Requiem for a Tuesday. Please, please, please. Let's get those numbies up, up, and up. Thanks for tuning in. And remember, I are fat, you are fat, we are fat. Calculator.